Welcome to the podcast, Good Times in the Garden. Hello to all my fellow gardeners out there. I am your host, Matt DiStefano. This is episode 7, June 7th, 2021. Is there any better place to be than your garden? I don't think so. Well, thank you once again for joining me here at Good Times in the Garden. We are now just a couple of weeks away from the official start date of summer 2021. But the weather this past week would make you think we're already there. It's been in the low 90s, humid in my garden the last three days. This means I've been working to keep everything well watered until this heat wave passes. Having a lot of plants in pots, and I do that because it enables me to move them around and get sunlight at different times of the year. Uh, large portions of my yard do not get sun throughout the year. But the downside of that is when you have a heat wave like we're having now, uh, potted plants and flowers need to be watered regularly. So that's been keeping me busy. Over the last 10 years, I have been much more attuned to the critical job that my garden, and really all gardens, have in helping pollinators. Pollinators are things like bees, butterflies, wasps, flies, beetles, and moths. They visit flowers to drink nectar or to feed off of pollen. And as they do this, they transport pollen grains from flower to flower. These important insects ensure that many species of plants are able to reproduce each year. Somewhere between 75% and 95% of all flowering plants on the earth need help with pollination. They need pollinators. More than 1,200 food crops need pollinators to produce the food that we feed ourselves with every year. An interesting statistic I saw on a scientific website called Pollinator Partnership said that one out of every three bites of food you take, or one out of every three bites of food you eat, is there because of a pollinator. Unfortunately, though, many pollinators throughout the world are in serious trouble. As the landscapes of the world are radically altered, the continued use of pesticides and the effects of climate change, these have all, all these factors have dramatically reduced the numbers of many of these important creatures. Usually when I learn about information like that, that I just quoted to you, the question for me then becomes, what can I do? The answer, fortunately, is quite a bit. So over the last five to ten years, I have been doing my best to create an environment in my yard that provides many of the necessary elements for these pollinators. 
So in this episode, I would like to just go over some of these things I do in my own yard. And maybe this will entice you to do the same in the space you live. So here, let's go. The first change I made, and this was probably about 10 years ago, was to absolutely end the use of any type of harmful chemical in my garden. I never really used herbicides or pesticides that much anyway. But I will admit there were times when I would buy and spray these harmful chemicals on unwanted weeds and or bugs that I had become so frustrated battling in other methods. But having educated myself with the true harm that these synthetic chemicals have on the entire ecosystem of my garden, I have abandoned their use completely. And I'm very happy I did. It has been good only, not only for the pollinators, but for myself. The second thing I have done is planted more native species of flowering plants in my garden. Many pollinators out there are specially adapted to certain types of plants. This means you could have a beautiful looking garden that unfortunately may not be helping the local fauna as much as you would think. Don't get me wrong, I still love to have some of the more exotic plants around my yard, plants and flowers that don't originally come from this area. But I am much more conscious now of scattering throughout my yard the plants that will be of the most benefit to the local insects. Here in the northeast eastern portion of the United States, where I live, some of the best native plants to accomplish this task are things like sunflowers, bee balm, goldenrod, joe pieweed, asters, coneflowers, elderberries, blueberries, and strawberries. This is by no means an exhausted list, but it is a great place to start if you live in this region of the country and you're looking to make a difference. If you are from another part of the United States or the world, it is quite easy for you to look up beneficial native species in your neck of the woods. Be a great way to get started. A third change I have made to my yard is the addition of many more water stations. Uh, in an earlier podcast, I talked about the use of water in my gardens. And I'm going to focus a little bit on the, the water uh, aspect of this regards to pollinators now. Many of us probably already have bird baths out for our native birds. But water is also very important for insects. So I do set up smaller locations throughout the yard where I provide water, especially on hot summer days, for the bees, the butterflies, the moths, and other pollinators who are looking for a cool drink. What I do in my own garden is I use a large plant pot saucer, you know, those, those plastic uh, circular saucers you put under a house plant so that the water passing through the pot doesn't ruin your floors. And in these saucers, I place moss, 
and stones throughout, and then I fill the saucer with rainwater. This provides a perfect location for insects to safely get a drink. And by safely, I mean you don't want to put out uh, uh, water that the insects have a chance of drowning in. The moss and the stones provide a landing spot for the flying pollinators. And the moss soaks up the water and is the perfect drinking receptacle. It's almost like a straw for these insects. So it has been very successful for me. I have about three or four of these set up around the yard. And they're always very busy with butterflies, flies, uh, bees, and other pollinators getting a drink as they're off doing their jobs. Pollinators are looking for food over most of the year. Unfortunately, my garden was originally only providing food for them at specific times of the year. So I also added a few new varieties of plants to the garden. This provides a succession of blooms. You would be surprised how many plant varieties there are that will flower outside the normal spring flower season. Doing this ensures the pollinators will have a food source throughout the periods of the year they are active. You know, so, you know, at any time, if you walk through my yard or my garden, there's something in bloom. And this provides food for pollinators when some of the other flowers that are much more commonly in bloom in early spring are not there. One of the final things I did, believe it or not, was the hardest for me. I am a person who was always looking to keep my yard as neat as possible. Mowing, cleaning up leaves, branches, anything that looked out of place. But if you allow some of your yard to be tended by Mother Nature alone, it is also very beneficial for pollinators. Leaving some branches and twigs lying around the yard, yikes, and letting some small pieces of tree stumps or branches decay naturally, all provides perfect nesting and protection sites for these pollinators. And it was tricky for me and it was difficult for me in the beginning to see the branches and to see uh, some rotting wood and stumps lying around. You know, I just had the urge to clean it up. But doing it was so, so beneficial to the insects that were being so helpful to me that I finally switched and now it's worked perfectly. Doing these few extra things in the garden can really make a big difference for the insects and the other pollinators of your region. With so many wildlife areas disappearing, our yards, our gardens are becoming the future wildlife refuges in many parts of the United States and throughout the world. If more and more individuals start to make these small needed changes in their own spaces, they can help pollinators. And I believe we can reverse the declining trend of these marvelous creatures. Well, I'm glad you joined me this week. I hope you could do a few of those things in your yard over the next couple of weeks. But until next time, this is Matt DiStefano from Good Times in the Garden.